0: All right, welcome back to Calgary Flames Training Camp, uh, Flames TV Podcast, day number two. And this is an actual roundtable today. Yesterday, we were just sitting across from each other in
1: yeah, a abandoned
0: green screen room. Today it's, it's not a large roundtable. No, but it's, it's not, but it's sufficient. all the round you need. Yeah, it's a sufficient <laughs> roundtable. That's what it'll be called, the sufficient <laughs> roundtable. Pat Steinberg, Ryan Dietrich, and my voice. Um, you can figure out who I am. Uh, day number two, uh, we were talking a little bit yesterday um, you know, about defense pairings and some of the things, observations from day number one. Um, day number two seems similar in terms of pace and, and some of the competitive battle level stuff for sure, which has been good to see. But um, you want to kind of go into more of the goaltending conversation a little bit today. We heard from Dan Vladar a little bit this morning here at camp. Uh, obviously, Jacob Markstrom yesterday. It is one of the more intriguing positions when it comes to this team this year how do they use everyone because much like we talked about with minutes for defensemen there's only so many games to go around there's only so many starts um how how interesting is this goaltending position going to be and pat i'll start with you just about um how do they use everybody how competitive is that
2: that that job right now for
0: starting starter starts uh, as a flames goaltender
2: this one i and maybe this is just me but i am like in super nerd fascinated by how they're going to deal with their goaltending and and not deal with it in a bad way because you've got you know who jacob is we know jacob markstrom's the guy and you know i think that we can probably assume that a healthy jacob markstrom is still going to get 55 60 starts this season that's what he's here for that's what his pedigree is but then how do they manage dan vladar And Dustin Wolf, and making sure they get their time because they acquired, you know, Jordan Sigalette and his goalie department acquired Dan Vladar and targeted him two or three years ago as a guy they wanted, then brought him in. Now he's signed to an extension, which he's on starting this year. And Dustin Wolf is, we all know Dustin's story and what he's turned into. And he needs to play, and, and everybody in the organization they, they have not you know been coy about it. They believe Dustin is ready for the NHL as well, and yeah. so and you have to find out too and, and you ha- you have to find out, and you can 't yeah. just continue well we 'll give him game eighty two again. No, I mean this guy 's earned his opportunity in the organization too, but they 're also adamant they want, and they need. Dustin Wolf who's 22 years old. They needed to play. So they want Dustin to play. They want him to still get a good workload. That, guys, unless a move is made, they're going to do the up-and-down thing with Dustin Wolf. They're going to take advantage of his Mm -hmm. waiver exemption. They're going to take advantage of having the American League team in the same town. Like They're they're going to do that this year. Proximity.
1: Suddenly it feels like, and this sounds ludicrous, but nine preseason games almost feels inadequate given what we need to find out at the goaltending position. So we're always talking about injecting some young players, seeing what the different line combinations look like. But in a typical preseason, you're getting your backup goalie Quite a few reps. Your starter, maybe a couple of half games here and there before he starts to ramp it yeah. up near the end. But you got three guys you need to get ramped up here pretty quickly. And Dustin Wolf, as you said, beginning with the conversation of giving the guy games, how much of this workload is he given off right off the bat to see what he's made of?
0: Well, it feels like early on, it'll be like, because because you're kind of winding up your starters, like a guy like Jacob's not going to be playing full games necessarily yep. right away. It feels like early on, Maybe the uh, the early portion, early third of training camp, might be Dustin's time to really, you know, maybe get a head start on that because he's going to play. He's going to. There's going to be guys that are playing early on. Feels like he might
2: be kind of getting the lion's share early on and just seeing where he stacks up. Well, and one of the interesting things that Ryan Huska has said in the lead up to this year's training camp is maybe a little bit different in terms of how they use goaltenders in that. Maybe they don't do the split games, like right, Jacob yeah. starts here, but then Vladar sure. you know, relieves him. Maybe this hey, J- Jacob's playing this game, he's getting the full game, or Dan's playing this game, so I wonder how many full games Dustin Wolf ends up getting, because he's in the same category as all of these other younger players that we're talking about. They're going to put him... In a spot where they have the chance to succeed, they're going to give them the opportunity yeah. to prove that they're ready. They're not going to kind of have them further down the depth chart or in spots where maybe they can't show what they are. And I think the same applies for, for Wolf in this conversation. Unrelated to what we've
1: seen on the ice over the first two days. How good was it to see a smile on the face of Jacob Markstrom yesterday as he was talking to the media? I mean, we didn't see that at all last year. And we know this is a competitor, a guy who's dialed in. I don't think you're losing any of that with the offseason that he had. I think he's just as focused as he always is, but maybe a little bit looser. He talked about his son, Baby Clarky, the best therapist, was his quote. Um, Just helping him navigate a little bit and come in with a little bit more of a level head. That's got to be a good thing, too. And and for this Calgary Flames team, we know that goaltending – as it was last year, is going to be critical to their success this year. So we can talk about Dan Vladar and Dustin Wolf you know, staking their claim to a backup or 1B-type position, but they need Jacob Markson to be on his A game too. And at least for what we've seen so far, it seemed like a pretty good start for him yesterday.
0: 23 games for Dan Vladar last year, I think it was the 19, the year before, Um, you know, we've seen the progression and the funny thing you mentioned about how they kind of targeted him as a, as a really good option to be a backup for Jacob Markstrom. He's been, he's been everything they thought he would be and more. So it's hard to like, it's hard to figure this whole situation out in terms of, of where guys slot in because, you know, you'd like to see him continue that progression as well. But again, if you're going to try to get Dustin Wolf a couple of starts here and there, now obviously injuries and stuff could could you know make that a little bit more simple, I suppose, in some ways. But but if you're going to try to get everybody a little bit a bigger chunk, the only way to really do it is to is to is to come down yep. when it comes to Jacob Markstrom's numbers. Sure, That's yeah. the really the only way that you can logically do it.
2: Well, and the one thing about. These three guys now, because I think we've known for the last couple of years that Jacob and Dan have got a really good working relationship. They really like each other. They're good teammates to one another. But uh, talking to Dustin after the golf tournament last week and – just asking him about how Jacob and Dan have been with him, like his eyes lit up and he, when he was been practicing with the team, when he was getting ready for game 82 last year, he was talking about how Jacob would come up to him and be like, that was a sick save you made in practice or Dan would do the same thing. And you're like, okay, th- I don't think you have to worry about the dynamic going sour or anything yeah. like that. Cause all three guys seem like they're really, really like the respectful of one another and they like working with one another. And all three of them have got, pretty good demeanors. Like yeah. we know how easy going Dan is. Dustin is like the most dialed in guy ever, but also somehow is able to be easygoing with it at the same time. So it's, it's a unique situation, but one that I think they've got the right personalities to be able to manage with. And that right there, Pat is a microcosm of what this flames team needs to accomplish in the
1: preseason and going forward early at the start of the year here. It's all about coming together. McKenzie Weger talked about it yesterday. It's all part of that culture change everybody's talking about, too. And healthy competition is a big part of that. So if guys are coming in, supporting each other, and, you know, that is a very competitive position, especially when there are three guys sharing a crease. But if they're supporting each other along the way, that's going to create some good battles and hopefully some good goaltending as well.
0: Well, just the only one I really, I'm, I'm early penciling in Dustin Wolf for the road start in the in the split squad game against Seattle. That feels like the uh, the absolute (laughs) the only no doubter I have in the uh, in the entire goalie starting. And would make sense. You're 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 seeing seeing Everly, You're seeing. You'll be seeing Seattle's top. He's going to get some NHL, yeah, yeah, quality shot and and some familiarity with the
1: area. So it kind of makes sense that way. What did I say to you this morning, Pat? What's the schedule makeup look like? It's the rare. The, the rare three. three and two. Yeah, the, three, yeah, the rare, <laughs> the yeah. Like, Oh, yeah, you
2: know, Western League, oh, three and three, you know, you play your three and, no, three and the, two. the three and two. I don't yeah. think you get that
1: very that's, <laughs> very. that's the
2: minor hockey schedule. Oh, man, calgaryflames.com <laughs> yeah.
1: content is going to be rich
2: that's right. those two nights. Yeah,
0: We'll leave the goaltending conversation, but um, pick it up somewhere else when it comes to young guys and, and competition, and that's uh, Jacob Pelche, who obviously got his first taste of the NHL last season and is hoping that's in a more full-time role. He and Ryan Dietrich were speaking
1: earlier. Day two in the books here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Jacob Pelche stops in. Jacob, how's it going so far?
3: Great. Uh, you know, I think it was a, a hard one. I uh, sk- sk- skated a lot, but uh, it's done now, so it's good. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about the off-season,
1: because, uh, you know, first couple of days at camp, we're all kind of getting caught up with everybody, checking in on how guys are feeling maybe after the summertime. But what did the off-season look like for you, maybe on the personal side before we get to your training and uh, the hockey portion?
3: Yeah, it was good. It was good. Uh, you know, after the season, I, I went back in the A. Play the playoff. So I think it was a good experience for me. And uh, after that, I went back home, see uh, my brothers and the family. Went to Hawaii for 10 days. And yeah. Hawaii? It was good, yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's hear about that. Oh, <laughs> well, it was nice. Uh, <laughs> I went with uh, Zari and Phillips. So it was good. uh good 10 days with, with these guys. And yeah. Oh, cool. A little beach time? A little jet skiing yeah. or what? Uh, we went on the beach uh, pretty much every day. We 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 did some snorkelling killing stuff, so yeah. Cool. Nice. <laughs> right on, man. Hey, that's what summer's all about, yeah, right? Yeah, oh, it is. Uh,
1: so switching gears a little bit to the hockey side of things, I guess first off, uh, you're sporting a number right now, so 22. What's uh, the reasoning behind that number change, and why is that number significant to you?
3: Well, uh, when I was a kid, uh, the first idol I have was Alexander R- R- Radulov when he was playing for Quebec. He had number 22, and man, he was, he was amazing. I think he was like the best player I've seen playing in like, my whole life, he was like so good, score goals each game, was selling like crazy, <laughs> so it was good, yeah. So that that's why it's been like uh, the number of my choice since, since I'm a kid.
1: So you always had this number in the back of your mind. Maybe if you had the chance to switch, this would be the yeah, one for you.
3: Yeah. So uh, when I when I was younger, uh, I was 22, and then when I came to junior, I, I wanted to be 22 in Moncton, but someone had it, so I went to 11. Gotcha. And then in Valdor, uh, 22 was retired, so I went to 12, and yeah very cool well let's go back to last season because obviously that was
1: such a big one for you in so many different ways but uh you know starting the season in the a and then getting the call up to the nhl um i guess let's start there getting the recall to the nhl and getting that first taste of it um that sort of set you off on a good path for the rest of the season but what was it like for you transitioning into becoming an nhl player
3: yeah i think uh the main thing was like a dream for me you know to uh to be with the boys, uh, you know, the first six game I was here, I didn't play for six or seven. Sure, I can't remember, so I didn't play. So just like to, to kind of soak up uh, everything, you know, the practices, uh, the night with the guys that we went for supper and everything, uh, that was a big thing. And then when when like you you get to call the to play, I mean you you're just trying to, to to do the best in in uh, the best you can to help the, the team win. And uh, for me, you know. Uh, the first game against Tempo was uh, was kind of crazy, you know. <laughs> you 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 kind of blacked out and uh, you play, but uh, after that, you know, uh, playing twenty three in a row for me, so it was good. And uh, the most thing I think, like the most important thing, I learned how to be a pro, like off ice, right? And then it kind of helped me for the the online stuff. So was
1: Hubie a big factor in that? I know you guys developed yeah. a friendship, of course. No, but it was,
3: <laughs> it was, uh, it, man, it was so so good to me. Uh, so when I was uh, I got called up, played like two or three games, and then it was the uh, the all-star break for them. Yeah. So I went back in DA and when I, I got call, called back up after the All-Star break, uh, we went to New York and he, he called me, he's like, Hey, do you have plans for tonight's supper? And I was like, No, man, like it's 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 my first time here in New York, yeah, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I was like uh, he's like, Okay, well you you gonna come with me, we're gonna go like uh, to eat somewhere and then the next thing I know we're like at this huge steakhouse in New York <laughs> <laughs> and like I'm like it's crazy. This is the NHL, right? <laughs> yeah, man. I was like, man, <laughs> this is nothing and like, yeah. So it's good, man. Uh, you know, it's been like a kind of like a big bro for for me. Sure, he, yeah. He, he helped me, and like uh, for days off uh, last year, he kind of he always like called me, Hey, you want to come to my place? We're to play golf because he has got a simulator. So we play golf a lot. Uh, we had supper pretty much uh, each night, and uh, yeah, it was good. The, the summer I skated with him. Uh, every week on, on Tuesdays. So uh, we still, like, talk a lot in, in the summer. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 nice to, to have him around, for sure. Well, I
1: was going to say the steakhouse would be your welcome to the NHL moment, but it sounds like <laughs> the golf simulator is yeah. where you want to be.
3: <laughs> well, like. yeah, no, well, I think the, the steakhouse That's was more time. like, you know yeah. what I mean? Because then, like, you, you kind of look at the prices and you're like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, oof, it's kind of expensive. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, at the end, I think you pick up the... Uh, Check, so it was good. There you go. <laughs>
1: yeah, just to go back a little bit, your first game because you touched on it there uh, right before you came up here. Actually, I was looking at a photo of you. You're walking out the tunnel, coming out for warm up for your first game, and your eyes. You're looking at the ceiling. It looks yeah. like you're kind of just taking it all in. What do you remember about that night?
3: Oh well, it was crazy. Uh, you know, uh, my hand passed away two years ago, and uh, so it was like a big m- moment for me and uh, my family. And uh, so I had like in in the back of my mind, I had a little like thought for her, cause uh, she was like a huge fan of me. Like she she always come up to 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 Moncton to watch me play and everything. So, and and I'm and I kind of close to all uh, my my cousin and my uncle and my aunt. So uh, I I think the big thing is I I had a thought for her, and uh, yeah, just to to be uh to be kind of like appreciative of like the 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 opportunity I had, and yeah.
1: Just thinking about everybody that helped you along the yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. That's great stuff, man. Uh going back to the playoff run with the Wranglers, uh, getting the opportunity to not only experience that and play in those big moments, you scored some big goals too. What did that maybe do for your development, especially to kind of wrap up the season that way?
3: Well, it's playoff hockey, right? So uh you kind of battle through some stuff. Uh you know, you learn how to play in playoff. Uh you know, against uh Seattle uh in the uh, we went to third overtime and yeah. then the game five, which is like game seven, uh, we went to the overtime too. So you you kind of learn how, how to play under the pressure and under like uh, big, uh, big moments. And uh, for me, I think it's going to help me uh, for, for the rest of my career. Okay. So this season, Craig Conroy, Ryan Huska, they've
1: all said it. They want to get some youth in the lineup. And obviously I'm sure your ears were wide open when you heard that comment being made earlier this summer. So, here we are in training camp, pre-season's about to start. Uh, where's your head at, maybe, in terms of the opportunity that sits in front of you here?
3: For me, it's to bring, uh, you know, some positivity around, uh, you know, to bring, like, some good vibes. Uh, I think that's the the main thing. I think that's uh, – I think I can control that. And, uh, sure. But at the same time, it's, like, the way I am, too. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, for me, uh, I think that that's going to be easy. But uh, at the same time, it's on the ice, you know uh, – playing fast, playing with pace, uh, you know, trying to create some, some turnovers and then create some, some, some scoring chances and then to score goals. And, uh, yeah, I think that that's the, the big thing for me.
1: And just getting to know you a
3: little bit last year, you're hungry. You want this yeah. opportunity, don't you? Oh, yeah, I do. I do. And, you know, I think I, I, I want to help the team wins. I, I want to help the team to make playoff. And yeah. then who, who, who knows what, what can happen when, when you arrive in playoff, right? So. Yeah, Well said, Jacob. Hey,
1: thanks for your time.
3: Can't wait to see you in the preseason here. Yeah, thank you.
1: Okay, Jacob
0: Palce, we know that uh, speaking of a guy that's got a lot of energy comes in and is always uh, with a big smile on his face, and you could kind of even hear it through that interview, Um, let's let's talk about where he fits in. I mean, um, specific to that conversation up front, uh, he kind of falls into that category of guys who are either trying to be there full-time or... Maybe try to earn a few more minutes. What excites you about seeing Jacob Pelche potentially full-time this season? Well, the big thing
2: with him is I'm really interested to see if... Because right now he's playing on a line with Kevin Rooney centering and Walker Dewar on the right, and that's kind of a bottom-six look line. Ryan Huska has been very adamant that these lines that we see on the first two days of camp, like day six they may not look like that. You know, there's going to be lots of mixing and matching preseason lines on Sunday and Monday aren't going to look exactly the same as this so what type of opportunity does Peltier get uh, to play with more offensive guys and can he take that next step? I think we're all on the same page that Jacob proved that the NHL is the league that he belongs in in that, what, 19 games that he played last year? Yep. Now now the next step is okay. You belong here, and now you're producing at the NHL level and and putting up you know some solid point totals, which I think he's capable of doing. I think that you know a, a a solid middle six contributor is where I see Jacob. So now taking that next step, so does he get a game with Kadri as his center? Does he get a game with Lindholm or Backlund as his center? And and what is he what does he do with that? So I think I think he fits on this NHL roster. I think he yeah. fits on the opening night lineup, it's now where does he fit in that lineup to drop the puck in October? I think you're going to
1: see every young guy get an opportunity yep. like that
2: too and not to deviate too much from the pelche
1: discussion but another player who factors in is a guy like adam rzichka who's given you know, we're talking about middle six role he's getting that look right now too so this is a, a player that you know the coaching staff you can almost pencil them in in a certain role at the start of the season but they're saying i see a little bit more in this guy right now too by giving you maybe a second or third line opportunity so as it relates to pelche when you get in those preseason games you've got to take up Advantage of that opportunity pretty quickly because if you don't, another guy's going to get it the next game, and so on and so forth. Yep. So it's going to be fascinating to see unfold. Again, it's that healthy competition thing we we're talking about with the goaltenders. This is going to be a good battle, and I've honestly never been more excited for the preseason to kick off because it's going to answer some of those questions that are yep. lingering right now.
0: And, and I'd like to, it, for me, it's always like who's going to be this year is Dylan Dubé or who's going to be that guy I mean, Walker Doerfs had that, those moments, right? I mean, where they they play so well they start earning more games in the preseason. They start putting themselves in the conversation for a roster spot yeah. full-time that may have not been penciled in or penned yeah. in at the start of camp. I, I love I love when guys start to take advantage of those chances yeah. and then you can see where the coaching staff starts using them that, okay, they've seen what I've seen. They're clearly seeing that he's been impressive and let's let's give him a little more, see what he does yeah. a little they more. They get that fourth game, yeah.
1: they get that fifth, fifth game, and it now just suddenly, keeps going. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. And then by the end of it, they've played six or seven of the eight or nine games that you i mean or eight games possible you can only play i guess max but you know maybe they've played six or seven of them and then you're like okay this guy he's gonna stick around now and and he's earned that chance so that who's gonna be that guy because i think that's that's always the one asterisk you can put beside penciling and everybody is that somebody will take advantage of the chance and somebody will uh, he'll they'll start to run
1: with it A guy we haven't mentioned Matt Coronado. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who came in and probably could have scored a hat-trick in his debut last year, Pat. I'm curious. You know, we're talking about guys like Pelche and Rzichka, and, you know, Sharon Govich is getting that look on that de facto top line right now. What do you think about where Coronado might slot in as we get into some of these exhibition games? Very
2: similar. And the, and the thing that Coronado brings that, honestly, and, and this is no disrespect to anybody else in this camp, but who here brings... A right shot scoring mm-hmm. threat off yeah. the wing at an yeah, NHL yeah. level right now. Because Lindholm's your right shot scoring threat, but he's your number one center. Mm-hmm. Walker Dewar is a right shot and, and I think we're all big fans of what Walker has has turned into, but I don't know if we look at him as kind of a top, top six, six scoring threat yeah. right sure. now. Yeah. That's Coronado. That's how he profiles. And so I thought he profiled like that when we were all in Penticton, guys. I thought, you know, he he looked, especially in the second and third games, looked very much what you'd want to see from him. In good positions, finding soft spots in yep. the offensive zone, getting that shot off. The goal he scored was a goal scorer's goal. Yep. So, yep. so you know, you take that into this main camp, and he's on a line with Hanzek and his area right now but he's going to get opportunities in the sure. preseason. He'll get He'll, power play time. Power play time yep. with a good center. He's he's the guy that because of the position that he is and, and the traits that he brings and honestly the handedness he shoots with, yep. like I, I think there's a tailor-made spot for him that... They're gonna give him every opportunity to earn. They're like, "Hey, yeah. we see you here. Now show us that we can put you there."
0: Yeah. Even Sharon Govich is is a, is yep. a left shot. so <laughs> it's yep. like you're exactly. Yeah, there is lots of room there, and, and I agree with you. I mean, I think we, I don't, I don't have the tally. We don't have that in Penticton, but by the end of those final two games, I mean he was he was getting chances, and and he was not shy to shoot it. Like oh, he was making sure that. Like, this is part of my game, and we talk about it, and this is the release, and I, I'm i going to, every time I get a look, every time I get a chance, I'm going to make sure that I'm letting it go.
1: And from range, too, that goalie score just came deep. well out. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's the goal of Triggerman scores.
0: Yep. yep, 100%. All right, well, uh, that conversation will continue. We'll get exhibition play underway on Sunday. One more day of on-ice sessions here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Thanks for the chat, boys. Thanks. Fun. Enjoy uh, the chatter on day two, and we'll see you back here at the rink tomorrow.